from the living room of a small apartment in Central West Virginia, it's time for the Bang Your Head Podcast. And here's your host, Jake Simmons. Welcome back in, everybody to this week's installment of the Bang Your Head podcast. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. You know the deal by now. Check out all the stuff on social media, uh, the Facebook page, search for Bang Your Head podcast with Jake Zimmers. Uh, you know, just check it out. Subscribe. Leave me a rating. Give me a review. I'm always trying to improve. Anyway, I need to hop right back into this interview. Why? Because if you remember from last week, and, and, and you should, it was a great interview, great sit down last week, not only an interview, but getting a chance to catch up with uh, with an old friend in Zach Esposito, the front man from Crooked Ways, a guy that I've known now for the better part of six or seven years. But it was the first time we had, we had spoken in, in quite a long time, at least face to face, probably in well over a year so. Super great catching up with him, and we were just getting ready to talk about his most influential album. You're going to hear us review that album in this week's episode, and I think I should just shut up and we should hop right into it. So uh, let's uh, let's hop right back into the action. I always wanted to do if I was ever in that position, and luckily I am now, and I try to do that. I try to create that energy. All right, so let's hop right into it, Zach. Uh we're here today to review the most impactful album of your life. You gave me two suggestions, and initially, uh, the one we chose not to do was one I reviewed in an earlier episode uh, with our with our mutual friend Pete Long, who, uh, who we know from our Lafayette days. But uh, I was really interested in checking out the other album you gave me. So tell, explain the album we're reviewing, why you chose it, why it's uh, impactful for you. Well, I mean, yeah, I talked about like, like I said, we talked about doing American Idiot, but also I'm glad we're doing this album instead because it lets me introduce to you like a completely new album. I don't think you know knew any of the songs off of this going into it, right? Not at all. Yeah. And it's, it's totally hitting a different niche than talking about a, an album that has been talked about a lot. And the, but this was definitely, the album is... All's Well That Ends Well by the band Chiodos. And it was their first studio album. And they had a couple EPs before this, but this was the first thing I heard for sure. And everything I listened to before this didn't have any kind of like hardcore elements. You know, like Green Day isn't a hardcore band. Like My Chemical Romance says that emo rock kind of like intensity to it but nothing like had like real like screams or um these hardcore kind of riffs and the band is considered post-hardcore um and they kind of like led the way for what that meant you know um and gave influence to a bunch of the bands that came after them and i what i know for sure that when i was first listening to rock music, like, I'll never listen to screamo music. Like, it's just people yelling, you know? <laughs> like, that's not, <laughs> there's nothing going on there. But it was also because, like, the bands that I were, like, I was, like, seeing do it were, like, bands that were, like, really seen and, like, it was stuff, like, broken side. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, like that was the stuff where, like, I would, like, think of screamo music. It was, like, I was thinking of those kind of bands. I was, like, that stuff is real bad. Um, so I don't ever want to listen to that. But then a friend turned me on to Chiodos and I started listening to this 
this album came out in 2005, but I probably didn't listen to it until like 2008. And um, I, it was my introduction to this new world and new genre to me, which then led to me listening to bands like Circus Survive, um, Seosin, like Pierce the Veil. Uh, I listened to Sleeping With Sirens, which then led into me listening to A Day to Remember and uh, Bring Me the Horizon and like getting heavier with, and heavier with like the kind of stuff I was listening to. Cause there was like a world of like different rock genres. And this was like my dipping my toe into like falling into the rest of what's out there. We've, we've talked about life, work and sports. We've talked about music and we're going to dive headfirst into this record from Chiodos before you hear Zach and I give our thoughts on the record uh, let me provide you guys with a little bit of with a little bit of background information. All's Well That Ends Well is the debut studio album from Davison, Michigan-based post-hardcore and alternative rock band Chiodos. Named after the William Shakespeare play of the same title, the album was released on July 26, 2005 on Equal Vision Records. Prior to the recording of the album, the band, then going under the name the Chiodos Brothers, began playing shows at a local straight-edge venue in Flint, Michigan. After releasing three EPs in 2001's self-titled EP, 2002's The Best Way to Ruin Your Life, and 2003's The Heartless Controls Everything, the band shortened their name to Chiodos and began writing their debut album throughout 2004. All's Well That Ends Well produced four singles. All Nerds Beware and One Day Women Will All Become Monsters were released in 2005, while Baby You Wouldn't Last a Minute on the Creek was released in 2006, and the words Best Friend Become Redefined was released in 2007. The album as a whole received positive reviews, including a 5 out of 5 star rating from Alternative Press. In addition, the album charted on three U.S. music charts, peaking at 164th on the Billboard 200, 11th on the Independent Albums chart, and 3rd on the Top Heat Seekers chart. Following the release of All's Well That Ends Well, Chiodos would go on to release three more studio albums. 2007's Bone Palace Ballet, which peaked at number 5 on the Billboard 200 and number 1 on the Top Rock Albums chart. 2010's Illuminatio, which appeared as a top 5 album on the Independent and Top Alternative Albums chart and marked the only album without frontman Craig Owens. And 2014's Devil, which debuted at number 12 on the Billboard 200 chart and marked the only album appearance from Thomas Erak, who was best known prior as the frontman of The Fall of Troy and a member of Just Like Vinyl. Following several lineup changes throughout the years and following three members of the latter iteration of the band deciding to leave, including Erak, who returned to the fall of Troy, frontman Craig Owens revealed in a November 2016 interview with Billboard that Chiodos was done as a band and has not performed since. Okay, so this album, All's Well That Ends Well, the debut from Chiodos. Uh, we do have the, the prelude track. Uh, there's three sort of interlude tracks. Uh, mixed in throughout the album. Uh, just a brief note on that I had. I, I mean, I'm 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 a sucker for classical style of stuff, and and I love I love the 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 piano intro on that song. Um, I got like <laughs> it was funny too. I wrote down that it was kind of almost like their version of um, of like lose yourself. I don't know why, but like the way the way the way they sustain that final note, I was like, oh. Ish. We're about to drop into some da 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 da, da and we're about to we're Mar, Eminem's about to come in and just and just start rapping "Lose Yourself." Yeah, dude. Um, I figured we probably weren't going to talk much about like the little interlude tracks because there's not much to say, but I do think they're important because they do really like set the tone of what's to come 
and like really kind of create this um, feeling and this like world that you're in when you're listening to the album, I think. So I think they certainly um, play a part in the album. The one thing I do love about this record before we get into the first real cut is I'm always a fan of the crazy, funny uh, song titles. And this album has no shortage of those. Um, We'll start off with the first actual track of music. uh, And it's the song All Nerds Beware. Um, So listening to this, uh, I had had like the the two speaker set up. And it was it was it was interesting at the beginning of the song, hearing um, kind of the the music pan or the way the way they sort of spaced it out. Where like I had I had like I had the left and the right, so it's like it started in the right and then it panned over to the left. But typically you're used to hearing that style of just like oh it's coming from every which way and you're gonna and you're gonna like it whether you like it or not. So I did I did enjoy that. I was a fan too of um, the high the high vocals on this song the crazy distorted all over the place guitar playing I loved when the piano came in playing hard during the song loved it and there's a really cool part too um, where it kind of slows down and um, typically I think speaking from a drummer's perspective you know doing uh, like a little bit of a cross stick or like hitting on the rim and uh, what I enjoyed here was the the nice little triplet pattern where it was like about two-thirds of the way through the song. And then lastly, the, the harmonizing outro vocals on this song, um, you know, I thought I thought it was really good. It was it was a nice mixture to start of, of sort of like the harsh vocals of, of a genre that, you know, has come to be defined over the past 15 years, the post-hardcore genre. But um, I thought thought it was um, in terms of the first real song, um, it was it had it had it had its peaks and its valleys. I thought it was a, I thought it was a pretty good open to the album. Yeah, um, I want to talk first about what you said about kind of like the left and right, like like that stereo kind of playing maybe one guitar in your left ear while another one plays in your right, and then those parts match up in your brain. And that is really cool. I think of it, I always think of those kind of things as like horrible song if you were sharing like earbuds with someone like <laughs> like sitting next to each other because so you're each getting like half the song, you know? But when you listen to it, how it's probably supposed to be heard, um, you really get this cool dynamic, which, uh, I mean, Beatles did that like early, you know, like they did a lot of like weird, like uh, experiment, experimentation, like a lot of like putting the vocals in like just your left ear and maybe like a harmony, like in your right ear. Um, And this like also accomplishes that kind of like disconnected, but connected feel at the same time. And I think this song like really comes out strong for the beginning of an album. Um, like right after you, the the prelude kind of like lulls you like into like a sense of like, like unknown, but, and then you're like, where's it gonna go? And they come out really strong with like that first line. And it's, I I love it as a first song. It's like, such an inspiration like when we wrote our album like to come out with a, a song that like really hits you hard like when you when you first start and i think anyone wants to do that i think we want to make a good impression right away so yeah the next cut here uh here here we go with the with the crazy song titles uh one one day women will all become monsters this isn't an opinion it's the title of the song please don't yell at me there's uh, a reason for it too but we'll yeah go into what you want to say 
So, so musically, uh, first of all, as, as, as somebody who is learning how to play the bass, uh, I'm coming for you, Pat. Um, I, uh, um, I love the driving bass intro that, uh, that was going on at the beginning of the song. And I also want to give a shout out to lyrically to, to the first, uh, the first stanza, I guess, when, you know, looking, looking at the genius lyrics, it's not exactly like verse one, verse two, verse three, but, um, in terms of the uh, first stanza of the song where um, where they say, you know, if I live to see you again, I'll take out my eyes. With this I have no way and a consequence want no sight. I've tried my hardest to forget every connection, always being the blind villain. I really, really loved, especially those last two lines, I really, really loved those um, as lyrics on the album. And I was also getting kind of vibes, and I don't know, I don't know much about the band I'm about to mention outside of a few songs, um, but I was kind of getting like very Dillinger escape plan style vibes from there. I don't I don't know why. Like there's a song there's a song I've been listening to a lot from them recently, a song called Highway Robbery, which was on uh, I think the album is called Miss Machine came out in 2002, 2004, something like that. Um, and you know, Dillinger Escape Plan is very much known for the almost math like mathcore basically. Uh, style of playing, different time signatures and things like that, and just sort of the aggressive nature that they that they play. In addition to just like, oh, we're not going to do standard four four. We're going to do six eight. We're going to do twelve eight. We're going to do ten four, and just do these crazy bonkers time signatures. Not so much maybe of the of the progressive side in the song, but certainly from the aggression um, that I've heard from Dillinger Escape Plan songs in the past. So I just noticed that. And then there are several other bands that I, that I, that I noticed like throughout the album that, um, I'm like, oh, I heard this band. Oh, I heard that band. Um, but it was, it was kind of cool, you know, uh, hearing sort of that sort of Dillinger Escape Plan uh, style of vibes on that song. Yeah. Um, I probably should have talked about this with like the first track a little more, but like the cool thing about like this band is like they, they don't like take a lot of like safe like routes like in the songs like they kind of like pull you in different directions which i think is like pretty obvious like listening through it um and a lot of bands at the time were certainly like getting like still trying to like find that kind of like almost like pop chorus but not really pop but like uh, something that is catchy and like to keep you like re-listening to the chorus and stuff and this album doesn't really have that you know it's like it's a lot of um, really, it's a lot of really cool parts kind of thrown together, but in a way that really works. And I think a reason for that is a lot of the band, a lot of the band members are classically trained and are, ha they like speak to each other in music theory and they, that's kind of their language. Like I've listened to a few interviews with them, like when they're writing is like writing in with a, with the musical theory mindset and like like it is actually it's it's loud music but it has a lot of uh thought put behind it like there's a reason for everything and each uh person is like an, an expert at their instrument and um even craig who's like doing the vocals and was probably recording this when he was like 19 or something like he he's just putting it all out there and his vocals become more refined like over time but this is like absolute like raw vocals and you can tell that it's like, like i don't know where they recorded this but like they recorded it today it would not sound anything like this 
you know, like um, this was absolutely um, just putting it all out there and make, making the music sound loud, um, like screaming your heart out. And like Craig, like even on like an early age, like had that ability to transition between singing these high powerful like lines and then switching over into a, a scream like halfway through, you know? And like, he's doing all the screams and singing on the album himself. It's not like someone else doing it with him. Like he's carrying the album vocally. And as far as lyrics, like for this song, like they have, and where the title comes from is they used a lot of like Shakespeare influence. I don't know if you looked into that or if you- I did, I did, that. I did yeah. read that as, as I was scrolling through the, the genius lyrics and sort of, it's sort of like an overall theme. You have the, the, that Shakespeare influence in song titles and song lyrics. Um, but I was also kind of getting uh, almost on some of these songs, like, you know, a bunch of different, you know, sci-fi or mythology or, or different, mm -hmm. different things of that nature. It wasn't what I think you would typically come to expect from a um from that style of music because i imagine that is a lot of those lyrics are are more so i mean obviously lyrics in here are, are personal to to the band obviously but i think like other bands it's it's more so on the personal side we're here it's like oh well we're gonna garner influence from like you said shakespeare from you know mythology well you know whatever all of the influences at one it was a it was interesting take lyrically and obviously in um some of the song titles as well yeah, like you can definitely tell like in this song, like this song directly like gets its, the title is a reference to like Shakespeare's King Lear. Like, and I had to, I had to like look up to make sure I was like referencing the right show because I wanted to like not, not get it wrong. Um, but uh, there's a lot of uh, lines in this album specifically, and they do it a, a bit later in their career too. But like this album has a lot of the Shakespeare influence where rather, whether it's a verbatim, like, cause sometimes there's a couple lines that are like just straight out of like a Shakespeare, uh, how he wrote it, or if they use it as inspiration and we'll use like parts of the, parts of the lines and then change up the rest. Or if they write something that is supposed to fit the same theme, like that is completely personal. And so it's kind of taking this idea of what was written as like a great all time piece of writing and also then making it personal to yourself and putting that into your music. And I think it's really cool. And like, it's creating something entirely new with something that's like centuries old and really cool, really beyond what I could have written at that age, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so up next is uh, the song expired in Goreville. Again, great title. Um, <laughs> There's I... like a, I want to see if I can find it. There's like a, Sometimes they like say where the references to these titles come from. Like, I don't know if it's on Wikipedia. So, so looking here on genius, nothing popped up in terms, typically a bunch of these songs have, uh, you know, the song title comes from this, that, or the other, uh, not seeing anything here. I found it. Go for you, it. I don't know if you want it right now. But, Go for it. Go for right. it. Um, Oh no! Wait, never mind. It says the line from the song, but it said the line "Star-crossed lovers" from the song "Expired in Goreville" is derived from Romeo and Juliet. So there's. That. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see um, that. I see that too. But I don't. I don't know if that talks about the title at all. But um, yeah, they. I love how weird the titles get. I'm a fan <laughs> of that. So I. I didn't really have much in in terms of lyrical notes on this. I was just more so just 
musically what the band was doing in the song it made this up to this point my an early an early favorite for me early on on this song just musically heavy all over the place it was amazing and i was just kind of there for the three minutes that the track was going on and just kind of like oh i love it this is heavy give me more i need it in my veins yeah man uh this is a good transition song um i don't mean that in a bad way but between because like when I think of like the highlights of this song, I of this album, I think of like one day when we all become monsters, the highlight. And then the next song comes after this was like their big song, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so this kind of leads into the big song of the album. And, um, but it's just a, it's a jammy track, you know? And it, the lyrics are as true as like the inspiration that they came from and it's it's legit poetry like reading this stuff back you know um it's it's really kind of nuts how it just feels like you're like some lyrics don't really feel like you're reading a poem you feel like you're reading lyrics but these feel like like just like art is like pouring off the page it's it's really cool and yeah just a just a jam of a track would you call it a tasty jam tasty tasty jams what (laughs) so um following that uh baby you wouldn't last a minute on the creek hell yeah there we go so um just quickly touching on you know learning about this song it's uh kind of like one of those uh, contrary to popular belief things you know this was a song that um that the uh, lead vocalist of the band craig owens um you know, lyrically, he was he wasn't talking about uh, like the end of a relationship, but talking about wanting to leave Chiodos and quit the band, um, which I thought was was kind of an interesting take. So um, for me, um, the 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 picking I don't know if it was like picking or tapping or whatever was going on at the beginning was a big fan of that. Uh, also, got to give a shout out lyrically to the intro lyrics uh, just to kick the song off. You know, let's just stop, drop everything, forget each other's names, and just walk away. Wow, that is a smack you in the face lyric. And, it's and so also, important, yeah. And also uh, verse three, uh, the entirety of verse three. We say what we feel, then we stop ourselves and just walk away. Never look back, looking at loving every second of it. We just walk away. Um, yeah, great. That that was that was great. It was great. It's it shows the strength of the writing in this one for sure, and I'm sure it's why it was such a popular song. Like this was their most popular song for a while probably still is if you like ask anyone who was a, a fan and like that's like the biggest song and like when you hear that uh first like guitar like come in when they play it live like people lose their minds it's one <laughs> of those kind of songs you know because everyone knows what's about to happen yeah and um everyone screams the those first lines um because it means so much to uh, people it's one of those songs where you you can relate it to yourself so easily and um the lines of like let's just stop drop everything forget each other's names and just walk away you've definitely had people in your life where you've everyone's had that where you just you don't talk to them anymore and whether it was like a relationship that went bad um you want to forget each other's names and just like leave it in the past and whether that creates like a world of hurt for you or if you're happy to be moving on 
um like for craig it was talking about his struggles with wanting to stay with the band or not but like everyone can kind of that's the thing about music is everyone can relate it to their own personal experiences and i think that's why this song hits so hard with so many people um that i also love the chorus is this is probably the best not to mention the worst idea that i've ever had <laughs> so it's like it's really on the nose but it's it's so true um like struggling with um did i make the right decision um and or did i make like did i make the right decision or did i make the worst decision of my life and only time will tell that all that kind of idea but i mean this is a song that doesn't have any lines from shakespeare like taken um verbatim or anything like that um but it is a it's it's a personal it's truly personal and is probably one of the most if not the most powerful song they've ever written um and they did on their first album and there's a acoustic version of it at the end of like the deluxe version of the album where um like really stripped down um even more emotion um through craig's vocals and he he can really really feels like he's crying out uh for help in it and it's a it's a cool moment it's the that breakdown hits hard too like in this song like it it starts out really sweet and you get headbanging like halfway through the song and it's like let it all out kind of kind of feeling Afterwards is the song The Words Best Friend Become Redefined, uh, another standout track for me. Uh, I gotta give a shout out uh, in general on this album to the band's keyboardist, Bradley Bell, uh, doing 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 a great job with different, uh, whether it's classical playing or whether it's organ, which happened on one of the interlude tracks later on, but um, I loved what he was doing. I, I, the first note I have, the piano always bops, which I which I enjoyed. If I had to give the track one knock, I would, you know, right at the beginning, the vocals were almost too quiet, and it was almost like, you know, without having the lyrics in front of me, it, would, it was hard to understand. Um, but but other other than that, you know, I, I thought I thought it was a fantastic song. Um, lyrically, I look at the chorus of the song as well as um the bridge so so in the chorus uh higher than the heavens the clouds part ways promise me to never look down and we'll stay like this forever and then immediately into the bridge if your stomach feels weak then my work here is done especially that bridge line holy shit, that was a great line um and then and that and then that sort of um again i i, I I, I, I forget for, for a while that, that there is a keyboardist in the band, like when I was first listening. So there was like a sort of fade out and it sounded to me, again, almost like like a guitar tapping, almost like uh, one of the guitar players was trying to do like an Eddie Van Halen impression. It still sounded amazing and I loved it. Um, but I love that sort of fade out uh, out of out of the song. And, and you're going to hear me say this a lot about standout tracks and this song is definitely one of them. Yeah, this is my favorite song on the album. Um, for sure. Um, and I think it really takes you from moment to moment because it comes out with like, like the, my favorite riff, <laughs> that, da, 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 that whole thing. Like just, again, another song that just starts off really strong and um, makes you just like, oh yeah, we're doing this like right away. And then it, it transitions into a really, 
soft, like, like you said, Brad, Bradley Bell's um, piano and him just like taking you um, down from that high, but also like keeping you in the moment. And it allows the song a moment to breathe for like these important lines that come later um, where they're, they actually talk about like to a chair, we see your breath in the air. And that while all that's happening, um, it's just getting you ready for when the actual climax of the song is going to hit later. And when that happens, it, it feels like you soar into the heavens and then the chorus says higher than the heavens. And it's just, that's a moment, you know, really, really, really good song. And my favorite Chiodo song is this song. Uh, and like you said, we're saying about like um, Brad's like um, keyboard stuff. Like I'm not, I was obviously never a member of the band, so I can't say for sure, but I think like he is one of the most important, if not the most important part of the band. Cause I know he does a lot of song writing for the band and a lot of his influence is like, he's probably the smartest like musical theory wise, like just like seeing the stuff that he puts into this band. And it's weird because he's, when you see them live, he's just on his keyboard, right? Like he's not, he's not the one running around or like banging their head like to, I mean, he bangs his head, but he's not like run, like doing like crazy guitar riffs or anything like that. But he provides such a different element that not every band has. And he really creates those really cool, subtle, like extra moments. I don't know. I feel like I'm saying moment a lot, but it's, it's what this album feels like feels like a collection of really cool moments so uh following the uh second interlude technically interlude part one again beautiful piano bradley bell doing his thing um we move on to the eighth track on the album quickly quickly chugging along here um with the song there's no penguins in alaska great title um so a lot of all of my notes for this has nothing to do lyrically it's all musically a music thing so Early on, I was getting vibes of, of or at least an influence of, uh, of My Chemical Romance. Um, Song-wise, I can't pick it out. Um, ironically, last week as we're recording this, um, I did recently review um, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge, which, uh, which, which, was, a, which was a fantastic record. Um, but I did get those MCR vibes early on. And then right after the chorus of this song... Um, I was getting Avenged Sevenfold vibes, like early metalcore Avenged Sevenfold. Um, the song uh, Unholy Confessions was what came to mind to me musically, what the band was doing, and I thought it sounded amazing. And then lastly, the the sort of distorted guitar outro that um, that the band that the band's doing at the end of the song is 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 awesome. And, and briefly touching on lyrically what they were talking about, you know. Um, the song was made up from uh, from apparently a number of William Shakespeare sonnets, and I did love this when I when I was listening to the record um, that the song title uh, was originally a fact found on the inside of a of a Snapple cap because Snapple because Snapple always puts the fun facts on the on the inside. I I love that uh, clever clever title, uh, great song. This song. 
yeah this is also like i mean i've seen i saw this band like a bunch of times and like even like after they were like four albums deep like this song was still one that was always played um because it is like it's really good live and uh gets people really hyped but the personal thing about this song that i may i was like alluding to it earlier but like when we were talking about like doing screams like for second stage for crooked ways like this was the first song that i practiced like screaming with and the because i mean that la- the last part of this song is like you can go nuts with it because it's like it's like all screams for like the last feels like the last half but it's not the last half but it's it's like a long part of the end and you can it's really like rhythmically like you know when to come in and you can you really scream along with it and it was for me a good way to practice and trying to get better and trying to model my screams after craig's but i was never going to be as good (laughs) as as him but the when that chorus ends and it goes into the last lines which are really dark about the i'll stop stabbing when you stop screaming like right before that the like the chords get really panicky and get really uh, pinched and you feel like this like element of chaos because it's about to get like super chaotic and and in the way like being stabbed would be like absolute panicky you feel the absolute panic of the song at that time would would you consider uh Craig Owens vocally to be I mean obviously you said the album to you means the most to you and has, has meant the most to you would you consider Craig Owens your your biggest influence vocally I think so um I've always wanted I've always been like proud of being able to push myself to like a high register um when singing um because I feel like I I can hit those notes and I want to be able to I mean you know you want to be able to show that off if you can and you want to be able to uh like when I would listen to him, I wanted people to feel like that same sensation that I got when I would listen to like a Chiodos album is like, yeah, like he's like, he hits some crazy high notes on this album and probably not something that I would uh, really like venture into like too high, but like, it's always made me want to push myself to like uh, reach for more and um he was an influence because he did both the vocals, like the clean vocals and the harsh vocals, you know, and did it really flawlessly. And with each iteration of Chiodos, like as they evolved, his vocals only got better. And that's what I show. That's definitely an inspiration. I want to keep pushing myself to do better, like no matter what I'm doing, but especially vocally, I want to keep improving with, if hopefully Crooked Ways goes for a while and we can keep pushing stuff out and keep challenging ourselves. I think that's what we're doing with our next project. And I've seen Craig do like different projects as well. I don't know if you know about his like history, like in like the music scene, but like he did Chiodos for their first two albums, left for the thir- their third album. So he wasn't on the third one and he did his own side project called destroy rebuild until god shows and that i love that album too that's really good but um he came back for the return and i saw them on the reunion tour when it was like the original lineup and everyone came back together and that was a huge moment and seeing him perform live like all the it was the first time i saw him perform the songs that i had like listened to in high school you know 
and really was a big moment for me. Like he always gets into the crowd and uh, stands on the crowd for like this song specifically. Like he does the crowd walk, you know, where he like actually like stands up and like walks across the crowd. And um, I was like holding his leg up for like the part where he like sing like <laughs> sings the uh, last like well it's like screams the last part of this song and then he goes nuts and like dies it like falls into the crowd um, but he, it's it's a fun time and he he never disappoints he always like go he always reaches for those notes uh, and screams and delivers just like super well all these songs yeah so so after uh, interlude part two which was a nice switch up by the way just into a straight organ style of thing i was getting um vibes of like uh the song mama from mcr or even uh blood off of the black parade i thought was the bonus track i thought that was kind of cool but uh moving moving on from there to um quickly now in the double digits at track 10 of 13 uh the song we're gonna have us a champagne jam now first off uh completely different style of music the first thing that came to mind to me and just based on the title uh was um as you know i've told you before zach i a rather um great observer and fond lover of the dave matthews band and they have a song on their 2002 album called busted stuff and it is a i think a four or five minute instrumental piece called kit kat jam and for some reason when i read we're gonna have us a champagne jam i was like oh snap it's about to get crazy and it did i loved it this was a great track um so looking back here um I think I really only have two notes and 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 I think the first one I had and as I'm listening to it I'm getting so into the track and I'm trying to think of what to say and I literally just wrote down it really is an eclectic jam like I love it um I lo- I loved what they were doing and then and then the outro to the song musically was beautiful it was amazing fantastic uh the jammiest of jams Yeah man I mean when you first listen to like a song like this you like and you don't know where it's going to go, your mind is like all over the place, right? Um, but in a good way. And then when you listen to this for as many years as like I've been listening to Chiodos, is like you, you know like every turn that's going to come, but you're still like, <laughs> you're, your mind's like still kind of racing, which is still pretty cool. Like I can listen to this and know like what part's coming next, like every, every time, but I'm, it's still like a little bit of a surprise. And it's, I, I love that stuff. It's, it's the kind of music that never gets old. And I mean, that works too for like a song that's like just a classic. And even though each part flows perfectly and it comes as expected, um, it's still a classic, but like it works in both ways. And this is definitely one of those. Um, there's also, I guess, a good moment to talk about that this album is like gonna, it just had its 15th anniversary. Sure pretty wild that it was like that long ago uh 2005 um but because of that they like released some special limited edition vinyls like on special colors and i got one of them i'm waiting for it to come in the mail just told me it shipped the other day so (laughs) i had because i don't have this album on vinyl but i was it was meaning to get it of course um but i'm getting like an opaque blue uh vinyl of this and it'll be a pretty cool thing to add to my little collection so 
be very excited for that. But crazy 15 years. Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> so uh, up next, uh, no hardcore dancing in the living room. Uh, and just just a couple things here, you know, uh, the sort of slow buildup in the into just heaviest, the heaviest of heavy jams, just getting down and dirty, and I love it. Um, and I do got to give a shout out to the band because in around what I consider again uh, no verse, chorus, verse structure uh, on this song, um, but the third stanza uh, of the song, the the, the tempo and everything kind of switches, and it gets almost very like pop punk esque, but in the best possible way. And thought I thought that was a fantastic switch up from from basically you know you're hearing a bunch of different styles to this point you're hearing the heavy you're hearing the beautiful piano you're hearing a lot of the music and going in a lot of different directions and then all of a sudden here like you get this 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 straight pop punk vibe at least like you know drum and the drums like what you know I think typically you would you'd be used to hearing just like the you know very very slow and heavily played drums. But this time it was just like, oh, we're gonna have fun and we're gonna be poppy and punky, and it, I loved it. I thought I thought it was a, I thought it was a great, uh, unexpected, but in the best possible way, is a great switch up. Yeah, it definitely has that switch, like about halfway through, um, where you do kind of get that pop punk vibe, and, and like, I've read a few reviews of this album um, before, just because I'm s- such a huge fan of it, and I just want to see what other people like find that I don't think of. But whatever I read something like a lot of people don't know what to categorize like what genre this like like the album falls into because it is all over the place and um people settle on post-hardcore but also what does post-hardcore even mean right (laughs) like like they they had to basically make up that genre Mm -hmm. and i mean this kind of like led the way i've said that before other post-hardcore like artists like kind of like give you like the ability like you can do whatever you want like and i I think that this like just kind of like being all over the place was also like an inspiration um, for wanting to do, wanting to not only listen to all different kinds of music, but when I was actually able to start like creating music, I wanted to do a bunch of different things and um, show that, um, share my tastes with other people and maybe like do the same thing that this album did for me. And yeah, this is a good a good example in, in this song specifically because it does switch it up. So uh, we're almost towards the end, track 12, Who's Sandy Jenkins? Uh, still a weird song title, but not as long, and, I, and it's great. Uh, only note I have here, and I'll, I'll give you more room to bounce off of here, but uh, I thought it sounded, uh, towards the beginning of the song, almost like, very very futuristic so like if you were uh you know transported you know when we were younger right like we we probably expected 2020 to be like you know no more cars driving on the street and we're driving the floating cars and we're living in like a jetsons universe and i kind of got like oh like this sounds like if this genre like is is the future then like this is how it's gonna sound yeah um, I know exactly like the intro you're talking about because it does, <laughs> it has a weird, um, I don't know if it's like a, I don't know if it's a tone or whatever, like setting like to it, but like playing that, that guitar is like, pre- like a weird sensation, but it's cool. 
Uh, and this song and the last song kind of like throw structure out the like traditional like rock song like structure kind of out the window because I mean even like because I'm I'm looking at like the genius lyrics too just to, like like because it sometimes has a few tidbits that I might forget to talk about um, but the like the other songs are like split up into verse chorus bridge you know all that kind of stuff but these are just like straight lyrics man like there it is its own structure and it's really cool and we're coming up on the end like real quick but like this this album also like goes by kind of quick even though it's not like a particularly short album but it it feels like it takes you for the ride i say i did i did feel that like the 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 album is uh is 13 tracks 42 minutes and and i think you know i think certainly helping that is that three of the tracks are these short interludes um you know, you, you take you take those out. I think it's still ten tracks and thirty nine forty minutes. That's still like you're averaging close to four minutes, uh, four minutes a song. And I think um, I think this song was actually the longest on or one. Or no, it might have been the track before that. No hardcore. Yeah, it was no hardcore dancing in the living room was the longest track, just over five minutes. Um, a lot of these songs are like t- you know two and a half, three, four minute songs, with some exceptions. You know, who Sandy Jenkins is like two minutes long. Um, but yeah, it is a it is a, it is a very quick listening, and, and quickly we do move on to uh, the final song, um, <laughs> to Trixie and Rep to Trixie and Reptile. Thanks for everything. Um, Did you see the where the song title comes from for this one i did so it says here it says here on the on the genius page it's a reference to old girlfriends that uh that frontman craig owens and keyboardist bradley bell had uh in their in their life and it also um the track the track's title gets its name from the 1995 comedy to wong fu thanks for everything julie newmar which i hadn't heard of that movie and I, I looked up and read a little bit about it on IMDb, and it is a film starring uh, Wesley Snipes, Patrick Swayze, and I think it said um, John Leguizamo, I want to say. For the song, um, sounded very, very, uh, I think lyrically it sounded like it was supposed to be um, just very, very cathartic. It was supposed to be that that moment of like just getting everything out and 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 feeling relaxed after doing it i do got to give a shout out lyrically the end of the song um where craig says this is our annual if you believed what you felt you would be in love this is this is our if you believed what you wow i'm messing this up but um but but it's it's kind of all over the place lyrically i was just you know if you believed what you felt you would be in love especially that one if you if you believed what you felt you would be in love if we believe um wow another just straight to the face and i got it also the fade out of the song into the organ bradley bell doing his thing it was sick yeah this is this is such a good ending track um crazy how we went through this feels like really fast but like um this this album always kind of had like two endings to me because i would listen to the regular album but i'd also listen to the deluxe album which ends with an acoustic track that craig craig says it's like the first song he ever wrote um but that they it's called Lindsay quit lollygagging it's a really good acoustic track if you want to venture into the deluxe version um but like this 
is this is a great ending and that's a great ending. It's two different kinds of endings. And it's like, it's such a good, um, such a good wrap up. And really another one that, like you said, with those lyrics really speaks from the heart and something that uh, leaves an impact on you when you finish the album. And I wanted to talk about the, the title a little bit too, because the, I know, I feel like I heard an interview with the Tetrixian reptile thing. I think it was Craig who said that, cause you know how it's based off of their old girlfriends and stuff like that. Um, I think it was Craig that said uh, his, he called his girlfriend reptile because she always had like cold skin. <laughs> which I just thought was weird. So they just called so when they say to Trixie, Trixie and Reptile, thanks for everything. Just a weird thing to think about. Um, because he's probably not dating that girl anymore, but she's forever in the song. So <laughs> <laughs> um, also with like, they have, you were talking about the weird uh, movie that you looked into. Yeah. This is a reference to, they have a really weird niche of movies that they like and make references to most of which I've never seen or had heard of before. Cause like the band's like name Chiodos, like they were originally the Chiodos bros, which was like a reference to a director filmmakers. I'm looking this up because I want to make sure I get it right. Edward Chiodo and Stephen and Charles. Yeah. Stephen Charles and Edward Chiodo were the, so they called their band, the Chiodos bros baked up based on them and they made the film killer clowns from outer space which like why why you decided to make your entire band based off of this one weird niche movie <laughs> i guess because it sounded cool but like i mean there's been weirder excuses for band names before and um yeah i'm i'm glad they exist <laughs> yeah <laughs> So this was the Chiodos record uh, entitled All's Well That Ends Well. Listen to it. Get that early to mid-2000s nostalgia and jam out to 42 minutes of hardcore music. Uh, this was a lot of fun, Zach. Before we get out of here, um, I do want to leave the floor to you. I always like to give the guests the opportunity to plug things and plug themselves with information about you know how to how to keep up with what you're doing what the band's doing so and also and also i do want to give you the floor real quick before you get into that i apologize um your overall your overall thoughts uh on on the album um real 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 quick for me i do had a seven tracks out of the 13 i loved uh expired in gord expired in goreville baby you wouldn't last a minute on the creek the world the words Best friend become redefined. Wow, these are long titles. Uh, there's no, there's no penguins in Alaska. Uh, we're gonna have us a champagne jam. No hardcore dancing and to Trixie and Reptile. Thanks for everything. Mm -hmm. All good choices. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, uh, words, but the words "best friend" um, is like my favorite, um, and always has been. Just has always resonated with me really well. I mean, I love this whole album obviously as a whole, like every part of it I can listen to. I can always put this on and know that I'm going to listen to it all the way through, which I think is, you know, anyone's favorite album should be that, right? And it's what I used to put on when I was in high school and like on a road trip, you know, I could, I knew I could get through 
what do we say, like 40, 50 minutes? I could get through that easily just listening to this. And it, I really want to hammer home just how important like this was, like changing my thoughts about what music could be. And listening to music that wasn't necessarily safe, but like, I mean, Green Day like has like traditional like song structure in a lot of their songs and like they are great like all-time songs and will always be something that you can listen to but like you can really like push it much further and like this was my introduction into heavier music and whether this is considered post-hardcore or some of the songs are hardcore or whatever you want to call them like I, it pushed me into listening to a bunch of different genres and i'm glad i did and didn't just like because i want to keep listening to new stuff like today and keep learning about what bands are out there and what i'm missing out on and i feel like this was able to help me be that kind of person and get as much inspiration and influence as possible and now that I'm making music, it's like, I'm glad I have those influences, you know? Uh, what am I talking about me now? Is that? Yeah. Give you, give you the floor here before, uh, before we head out. Uh, you Not know, that I, I haven't talked about myself enough. Uh, uh, but no, uh, you know, how to, how to keep up with what's going on with Crooked Ways and, and, and all that jazz and anything else you want to share about the future of the band? Yeah, man. Um, first of all, I hope some people listen to this Chiodos album if you haven't, because I think it still stands the test of time. Um, but moving into Crooked Ways stuff, if you want to check out our album, um, we are so proud of it. It's called Time to Panic. Uh, we put it out in February, but it feels like just yesterday we put it out because it still feels like uh, the new. it's the newest thing we have out right now um, until we start putting uh, what we've been working on out there for the for the masses but uh it's like you said ironic that we called it time to panic because <laughs> we came up with that title way before any of this stuff was going on but boy if we didn't predict it i guess <laughs> you are nostradamus <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's uh, we had so much fun with that album so please check it out if you're into rock music at all i think you'll find something you'll like on it um you can find us at at Crooked Ways Band everywhere on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we're on Snapchat. We're on Bandcamp. Like if you just look up Crooked Ways Band, you'll find our music. And so please give it a shot. Um, if you can come out to a live show and you feel safe doing so, come check us out. As, as we as we mentioned earlier, Crooked Ways playing with Tantric uh, in September in Frenchtown, New Jersey. As Zach mentioned, uh, if, if if you can be safe. Go check out. Go check out some. Go check out some great music. Stream the album "Time to Panic" on Spotify. Buy it on Bandcamp. Listen to the band. Hell, I've I've played uh, just last week. "Fade" was the independent song of the week uh, earlier in the history of this series. We threw the award-winning song "Second Stage" in there, which is the heaviest of heavy jams. Uh, it was such, it was so, so great, uh, being able to see the progression that you guys have gone on since the beginning to now. And I can't wait to see what happens in the future. Uh, Zach Esposito has been a lot of fun, man. And thank you for uh, hopping on the Bangerhead podcast, buddy. I really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks for having us. And thanks for playing our music in the past. I'm, I'm glad you continue to dig it, even though you've been exiled from the band. 
<laughs> I'm on I'm on I'm on Castaway Island. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, man. That was part two, the review of uh of my sit down with Zach Esposito. First of all, check out the Chiodos album, uh, All's Well That Ends Well on Spotify. Check out the boys in Crooked Ways. Their debut, Time to Panic, came out earlier this year. Stream it on Spotify, buy it on Bandcamp, uh, listen to the record, support the boys. Uh, they're doing a show in, uh, they're doing a show upcoming with Tantric over in New Jersey, which is going to be really, really cool. On that note, my friends, we're going to sign off. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Bang Your Head podcast. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts. There's about seven or eight different sites. There's no reason you shouldn't be listening. If you want to listen to the music we reviewed in this episode, as well as the previous, uh, about seven or eight episodes, music from the likes of My Chemical Romance, Observe the 93rd, Logic, Little Legends, and many more. Check out the playlist. Search for the Bang Your Head podcast playlist, episodes 11 through 20. You can listen to all of the music, including our upcoming independent artist or independent spotlight, who is actually my guest from next week, for next week, rather. Uh, Another college friend, a guy who actually went to high school with Zach, which is, which is pretty, pretty cool. I'm going to be sitting down with Smoothie General. We're going to learn about his most influential album, learn about what got him down the music route. And we're also going to be discussing his, his uh, album that just came out. The album is called Happily Pessimistic. Great album cover too. I love it. Check it out wherever you listen to music. And we're going to be playing a song from, from that album. The song is featuring Pat the Asthmatic, also production from Wave Laddish. And the song is called Unclouded. So without further ado, guys, I'm going to shut up. Enjoy this jam from Smoothie General featuring Pat the Asthmatic. The song is called Unclouded. Enjoy it. Get ready to listen to my sit down next week with Smoothie General. And enjoy it, my friends. We'll see you next week right here on the Bang Your Head podcast. Staple gun like my feet hurt Can't really prove I ever did work But these returns make the shit worth And these restless nights make my legs worse Whoop around my neck like a fetish hat Because the net watching I crisscross the body This whole table filled with blood and floppies Playing Galaga, I got a new copy Too square, what you late for? End of the world, I'm sorry sir Got a 10-22 and I'm locked and loaded Let the chamber open, then the barrel's smoking Horrible idea like this TV stolen Cause it's stolen time and I'm fucking broke man Product in the pocket, he's your daily scumbag He's come back with no cash Hunchback and throat slash He's gonna coach, he's a fucking orphan backpack Quit trying to claim you can't set up a mousetrap Tell me what pick is worse, the badge of the square When it comes down to it, you won't fight for a meal The kid knows nothing but the price on his head And the loss on his bread Can't you see why he's swerving? Got stuck in the belly of the Beast right before he ate his feast, now that's a muffler and masterpiece. This is cheap when you fluff and stole it, and a gun in the waist gets you extra token. Metal to the temple, send you from the old scene back. Hit you by surprise, it's a Charlie attack. I knew there was something by the way, truth to talking, and these spark plugs weren't fucking sparking. I left my lazy boy in your mother's pocket, and in a garden, I ain't my target. Packs packed, Prius pilled, zoom the drive through for the meal. Hands on the wheel, no feeling still. Just talk to Lucifer, now I'm spending bills. Watched up a mega. Cause I'm high at work, come get this work On the vocals I'll be slapping Mass panic and a fucking pandemic
Damn, I got your roller coaster loop duped in a fleet off sack. Brand new coach, gets a fleet off backpack. Quit trying to claim, you can set up a mousetrap. Tell me what pig is worse, the badge of the square. When it comes down to it, you won't fight for a man. Brand new coach, gets a fucking backpack. Quit trying to claim, you can set up a mousetrap. Tell me what pig is worse, the badge of the square. When it comes down to it, you won't fight for a man. My brain unclouded. My mini count rises. Yeah, my soul start climbing. My Lord didn't know I get this high. All my enemies pouting. My guess is the thought I die. My ego tall as a mountain. My life all about that third eye ish. Out of summon phantoms and they raving with. I go boost banning with the rave with the shit. Internet ish. 2020 vision. I just saw the future and it ain't that kicking. Bruce Lee mission. Brief in a mission. Then I go hard again. Fuck the opposition. Clues that you heard with, they don't see the difference. Fuck around up and down when they gonna get it. Yeah. Brand new coach. Get the fuck backpack. Quit trying to claim you can set up a mousetrap. Tell me what pig is worse. The badge of the square. When it comes down to it, you won't fight for a man. Brand new coach. Get the fuck backpack. Quit trying to claim you can set up a mousetrap. Tell me what pig is worse. The badge of the square. When it comes down to it, you won't fight for a man.